Hey everyone, you are listening to Mind Body Green's beauty podcast, Clean Beauty School. I am your host and beauty director, Alexandra Engler. Here we discuss all things beauty taken through the lens of well being. Thanks for joining. Before we jump into the episode, I have a few things to share. First up, we have a section that we are introducing to the podcast. So this is a new feature where you can submit all of your beauty questions. Drop in a voicemail and I'll answer it here on the podcast. Whether you have a follow-up question about an episode or are curious about an ingredient, whatever it is, I want to hear from you. Head over to sayhi.chat slash school to submit your questions. The link is in the show notes, which you can click there. Stay tuned for more updates. Now, speaking of follow-ups... I want to spend a little bit of time going over a very exciting update. So a while back, we had an episode with a woman named McKenna Reitz. And so she was a teacher and an advocate for those with alopecia errata, which she also had herself. Well, she sent me an email recently informing me about a major news announcement. The FDA has officially approved for the first time ever a systematic treatment for adult patients with severe alopecia areata. This is a huge development and probably comes as a very exciting step for those dealing with this hair loss condition. I know a few people reached out to me after the episode noting that they either had the condition themselves or they knew someone with it, so I thought I would share this news here. I linked more about the treatment in the show notes so you can learn more there. So, on to the episode. My guest today is a very, very, very fabulous celebrity makeup artist. And while we get plenty of her best makeup tips and product recommendations throughout the episode, honestly, we ended up talking about so much more. And I think that speaks to her ability to create and inspire. I know that you will feel inspired after listening to her in this episode. Delina Medin works with celebrities, major beauty brands, magazines, and more. She also hosts her own business forward podcast, It Takes a Village, which is in production for her second season out soon. So let's welcome her in. Delina, welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be I am so excited for this episode. I love a makeup episode. I know our listeners love a makeup episode. I know our readers love makeup tips. Can't get enough of them. So uh, I can't wait to hear it all from you. I'm obsessed with your work. So today is going to be fun, fun, fun. But I want to let the audience get to know you a little bit better, and including myself. I want to get to know you a little bit better. I don't know too much about your journey into beauty and makeup. So can you share your story and how you got into the industry? Yeah, absolutely. So I started doing makeup. I'm from North Carolina. I live in New York now, but I'm from North Carolina. And in North Carolina, I feel like the main business, the main makeup business is bridal. So that's where I started. So I worked at a counter. I worked at bridal. And then I was like, I want to come to New York. I want to do fashion. I want to do fashion week. Like that was like my dream. So I like moved to New York. I worked in fashion for a bit and then always loved comedy, ended up working with a few comedians. And that is how I kind of got into the celebrity world. I worked with one and then the community is so small that it's like, once you get a connection with one person and they love you, they recommend you to somebody else. And and that's where I really live in the celebrity world. So, but yeah, it's been, it's been great. I love makeup. 
I love the fact that you got into like that you love comedy and then found a way an entrance into that world, into the celebrity world. Was that like you were just hanging out in New York and like going to stand up and you wanted and then you like started reaching out to people? I mean, how did that unfold? I think that's such a fascinating entrance into celebrity makeup. Yeah, thank you for asking. So for me, it was okay. I would I followed a lot of comedians and I followed yeah. some that were creating like their own projects. And you know, as you're creating your own self-funded projects, I feel like sometimes people will say, Oh, are you available for this? Or hey, is anybody a makeup artist that's interested in working on my show or sure. working on so I started a web series. So somebody had, you know, said, Okay, hey, we have this web series coming up. And, and I was like, okay. So I started in web series basically. And I came in and I met one of my clients who's now a writer. She actually lives in LA. Her name is Francesca Ramsey. And she yeah. was really the person who just like introduced me to everybody. So yeah, that's how Wait, it went. So you started on Francesca <laughs> Ramsey's web series? I started on a web series that Francesca was featured on. Okay. And okay. when we met, really cool. yeah. And so when we met, yeah, really, yeah, really so cool. do you know her? Yeah, you know you, I mean, I obviously don't know her personally, but I know her work. <laughs> yeah, no, but she's, I mean, she's great. Surprise. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's really cool that that was kind of like your, uh, your entrance. I like, love that. <laughs> I love an origin yeah. story. <laughs> it's so, yeah, it was so good. It was so funny. It was like, as soon as we met, it's like, she sat down and I was like, do you have any makeup on? She was like, no. And I was like, this is just your skin. And like, that's like how our, <laughs> that's, that's how our friendship began. <laughs> I love yeah, that. Yeah, I love Francesca. She's such a big advocate for me. Like we, we text all the time. We talk all the time. It's just like, I think a lot of times when you first get into the makeup world, you think that you have to have like tons of clients and you have to meet so many different people, but it's really about quality versus like quantity. Yeah. It's versus, you know, like it's being yourself yeah. completely and then finding and meeting and connecting with people who just get you completely. And yeah. like within that, it's just like, wow, you know, like I feel like I can be myself. You feel like you could be yourself and then it work totally. doesn't even feel like work anymore. It just feels like a connection, yeah. a moment to be able to like empower somebody in their in their purpose. Yeah. And it's probably like you feel that you can experiment and you can try new things and you can like push yourself because you feel so comfortable with the people that you're around with. Is that an element of your growth, do you think? Yeah, you know, I would say definitely. In the very beginning, I think I wanted to be like the artist who was like really into like avant-garde makeup. Yeah. That's the reason why I wanted to get into fashion. I was sure. like looking at like Pat McGrath, like doing the yeah. doing the pearls yeah, yeah, yeah. on the face. And, yeah. and I was like, yes, that's going to be me. And then like every time I did it, I just felt like it didn't really come natural to my hand or my interest. Okay. And that could change. I always allow myself like the space to to kind of like you know, to grow into whatever sure. it is that I'm interested in. But for me, it's all about like creating beautiful makeup that makes people feel the best version of themselves. That's like, that's the connection. I like the art aspect, but I like the people aspect. Sure. More. Cool. You know? Yeah, that's a great answer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that is your journey into the makeup industry. But I'm curious, you know, at what point did you start transitioning into this entrepreneur that I think people understand you as today. You know, obviously you have, you know, your incredible makeup career, but I definitely think you've crossed into the entrepreneur aspect too. Like what, what was the drive there? Yeah. Thank you for noticing that. You know, I think that I've always viewed makeup and being a makeup artist as being a business person. 
Like I always saw there, there was a connection there because there's so many ways that you can express yourself and be an artist. And a lot of really, really talented artists are trying to figure out how to like make a living. Do you know what I mean? Like there's, there's yeah. this feeling of like, oh, I'm an artist. So I have to kind of like not make money. <laughs> you know, like I have to do the thing. I have to do the things that I want to do. But like those things don't have money. And I feel like also that's alignment, right? Like if you in your mind yeah. tell yourself like, oh, I can't make money in this thing, you won't, right? Like you're not gonna surprise right. yourself and all of a sudden be like, okay, yeah, like things are happening now, you know? Like sure. it doesn't happen like yeah. that. It's like you gotta put it in your mind. I'm big on manifestation, and then like, and then those things come to you with ease. But for me, like. I was always, I've always been fascinated with business. I've always been fascinated yeah. with people being able to take an idea and to convey the excitement about that idea and to include them and make them excited about the idea too, right? Like just because excitement is so transferable. And I think that like, that's what sales is, right? It's not really, we, we get scared because I think that when people hear the word sales, they get worried. They're like, oh, you know, selling something, it feels like kind of like gross, like maybe people don't want it or I'm making people want what they don't want. But that's not what it is. Sales is literally like you're talking to like your best friend and you're like, oh my God, girl, have you tried this decision? Like I went to her and she's amazing and you need to go to her because like she's going to change your life, you know? And it, that's yeah. sales, right? It's like you're yeah. selling, yeah. but you're not, yeah. you know, you're really, what selling <laughs> totally. is sharing. Yeah. Sure. So I've always just been super fascinated by by that. And I've been fascinated also by the longevity you can create in your career by creating long, intentional relationships with people, like long term, really thinking about integrity and balancing that with your art or whatever it is that you're excited about. For me, it's makeup, right? I'm excited about being able to create these looks. But I also work with some of the most dope, amazing entrepreneurs in Hollywood. Like all of the clients that I work with regularly are executive producers of their own show. And yeah. like to me, it's like they're acting, but they're also producing. They have this ownership, this idea, this interest in creating mm -hmm. something and also being like, I'm a part of the journey of this from the beginning to the end. And I, and I sure. see myself in that too. And I think that that's why we have alignment. Yeah. I think that's such an interesting point about like just owning the work that you have and being able to like be the beneficiary of it, of the creation, because I think you're so right that in the creative field, we sometimes don't necessarily like view ourselves in that way all the time. You know, we create things for other people. We, to your point, we create things and we don't get paid for them. And, you know, that's, that, yeah, causes problems. <laughs> we got it. Yeah. And that's not, you know, that's not a, a sustainable way to live your life, you know? So to have that ownership there is like, you know, that is like a big key to making sure that you can continue to create the things that you want to create. But, you know, I'm, it's a learning curve for a lot of people. Was it a learning curve for you to kind of figure out how to, to take ownership of your career and your creations? Yeah. So when I first started, when I first started my career, I simultaneously, I'm, I'm so big in talking to and being around experts, which I think you are as well. Like this podcast speaks to that. It's like getting around people who really have knowledge in a specific area allows you to feel more empowered in your own journey. And so yeah. 
when I knew I wanted to be a makeup artist, for me, one of the first conversations I had was with a business coach where she was sharing with me, like, this is this is what you need to know to walk into the room and, you know, you know say things mm-hmm. that make sense and that are you're paying attention to what's going on. You're looking at magazine covers and you know who did makeup for that magazine cover yeah you know the iconic references so that way when you're walking into a room you're an asset you know mm-hmm. and you can keep up with the the language you know so very early in my career I was able to look at a shoot that I was doing and being like oh this looks like it, this looks like it could be in Marie Claire or this yeah. looks like it could be in you know so you can identify certain yep. car- characteristics of the work that you're creating and say this is where we're going with it this is who I want to this is where sure. I want it to live. This is what I want it to be. Yeah. Yeah. Having that long-term vision. One thing that I always love talking about on this podcast is people's relationship with beauty and and all like the memories and the and, and that come along with it. You know, I think that people who are in the beauty industry, everyone I talk to has at some level these formative memories that they can kind of trace back to that informed the way they view beauty and informed their career trajectory. And I just think it's such a an illuminating area to talk about because it really does just, it informs so much about um, who the person is and why they do what they do. And so I'm curious, you know, do you have any of those core memories that you can kind of almost trace your career back to, or at least trace certain parts of your, your beauty point of view back to? Yeah, I had this experience when I was so growing up I wasn't allowed to wear makeup like my mom was not into it she was just like you can't you know you can't wear makeup so everything I learned I learned like kind of the later part of like high school and I remember I remember wanting to go to prom and being like I have no idea what to do and all the girls like now I feel like everybody at that age is just like extremely talented Back then, we were really figuring it out, but there were still the girls who really knew how to do it. You know, like they really knew how to put on the makeup and you'd be like, wow. (laughs) So that was not me. And you would always have them do your makeup, like when you were all getting ready together. Like we all had that friend. (laughs) Exactly. I had a friend. Yeah, exactly. I had a friend, Crystal, who was that person. Like she was like her mom did Mary Kay. So like she was Uh, like the girl who had the makeup. You know, we were like, okay. (laughs) Exactly. So, yeah, so I was in I was in high school just trying to figure things out. And I remember like I I didn't live like I probably live like 10, 15 minutes away walking from this drugstore. And I walked to the drugstore. It was called Cur Drug. I don't it doesn't exist anymore. It's like the CBS, you know. And so I walked there and I was like, I remember going in there and being like, ooh, like looking at this like picture of Halle Berry and being like, I want to do my makeup. (laughs) <laughs> she was in this Revlon ad and I was like yes girl I was like if yeah. I show up like that at prom it's gonna be a game changer you know <laughs> yeah so like in the corner it was like you know buy this buy this buy this and I was like looking at those things and then I like of course I was like okay I'm gonna get these things I went home and you know what happened I tried to do my makeup <laughs> like that poster and it was like I was like, oh, gosh, I was like, okay, so there's more to this than I thought. And I feel like that kind of like sparked this feeling in in me where I was. I want to figure this out. Like, what do they know? Because at the time, I thought she was doing her own makeup. I didn't even realize that makeup artistry was a thing. I was just like, yeah, 
but she knows something. I was like, she knows something we don't know. <laughs> what is that? And so, you know, I just got really interested in figuring that out. But funny enough, though, I never knew that I was going to end up working in celebrity. This is like a very, this was a very surprising thing that happened. I really thought yeah. I was going to be in fashion, like traveling to like, you know, doing all of the, all of the shows every season. Like sure. if you had told me this is what I would be doing right now. Oh, interesting. <laughs> when did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, to the point of what you're doing now and, you know, the, the work that you do with celebrities is what is your beauty philosophy at this moment? Do you have something that you that you embrace as your philosophy? Yeah, I I really love I really love like the like clean beauty makeup, mm. which is so funny because we're in clean beauty school right now. But yeah. I really do. That's my aesthetic. Yeah. I love making like I love really focusing on the details, like getting the lip lines super crisp, getting the eyeliner mm. super, super tight, making people like look even more lifted. Like, how do I lift the eye, you know, yes. or how do I, you know, how do I put lashes on without people saying, oh, I like your lashes, but instead being like, oh, you look beautiful. You know, mm. that's the goal for me is yep. always when I do somebody's makeup, I'm like, I want not only for them to feel beautiful, but for when they walk into the room, it tells a story. I remember an artist that I took a class from, his name's Nikki Posley. And I remember he used to always tell me, like, what is the story that you're trying to tell with your makeup? And I, and I always remember that because no matter if you're looking in a magazine, like, you know, in a floor, there'll always be like a story, you know, like this is the story about like, you know, heat, you know, that, you know, so yeah. it's summertime. So let's talk about like, you know, like how heat affects makeup. And so it'll be like sure. a bunch of pictures of girls with all of the like, you know, the skin looking really hot or them, you know, I remember Lottie did this, Lottie, the makeup artist did this really cool yeah. thing where she made it look like everything was sunburned, you know, mm -hmm. and it was like, yeah. and it was so cool how she used makeup yeah. to create this story. So for me, like the story when I'm working with a client, when I'm working with a celebrity is, is okay, is the hair speaking to the makeup, is speaking to the clothes, is speaking to the energy of the, you know, everything has to go. Because when you mm. see all of it together, it just like really, you know, it really speaks to making them feel, making them feel good. But also there's like this moment where you look and you're like, wow, you know, like that wow yeah. moment. I think when it all tells one thing. So absolutely. And to your point, I mean, I love the tip of telling a story with your look because whether you intentionally try to tell a story with your look or not, it does. Makeup inherently tells a story. It, it tells a story about what you're trying to project into the world. It tells a story about what you prioritize or don't prioritize or, you know, what you perhaps like about yourself. You know, do you like your eyes? Maybe that's why you highlight them. Like, I just think that's really such a, it's such a smart way to, to, to approach your makeup. And also just like a very practical way, because we all do it even if we don't realize that we're doing it. Absolutely. So you probably talk to a lot of people about makeup, whether it's your celebrity clients, whether it's your friends, whether it's just, you know, normal everyday people, whether it's people on social media. So as somebody who probably is inundated with makeup conversations, I'm curious what do people tell you that are some of their biggest challenges when it comes to doing their makeup? Do people express any hurdles that they have to get through? Like what, what do people come to you and they're like, oh, I can't figure out X, Y, Z? Yeah, I, 
I think people have this interest in trying to figure out how to make their skin look like it doesn't have texture. I think that mm -hmm. that's probably one of the first questions that I get is, how do I make it look like I don't have pores? You know? <laughs> so that, well, that's always a good, very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we all have pores. Yeah, exactly. And it's always, that's always a really interesting question. And now you're actually making me think maybe I should make a TikTok about it. But I feel like the yeah. thing is, is because dewy makeup is so is so in. I think that what's happened is when people put dewy makeup on, they're like, oh, I like that I'm really glowy. But in the areas where you have more texture on your skin, those areas should be matte on your skin. So that way it yeah. appears flatter. You know, it appears smoother. Yeah. So like if in the center of your face, you feel like your pores show a little bit more here. This is where we really want to make sure that it's matte. Or if you feel like you have a lot of texture on the outer part of you know, your eye area, maybe sure. it isn't a good idea for you to go for highlight there. Maybe we could maybe instead focus on a little bit of highlight in the center of the face or in the inner corner of the eye. So okay. it's all about looking at the skin and the texture and saying, okay, where do I, if I want to minimize texture, that area could be, should be matte. And if I want to like, if I feel like an area of my skin is a little bit smoother and I want to enhance the glow there, go for it and, and make that do. Okay. Follow-up question then. So I'll just use myself as an example. I do have like enlarged pores right here from, you know, teenage acne, et cetera. So, but I inherently use a lot of like dewy blushes and stuff like that around my cheeks and stuff. Like, should I only be applying to the outer cheekbones then? And then yes. just keep like more matte foundation here? Absolutely. So what I would say is you could use you could also use, this is what I would do. You could put the dewy part here. If you like the color here, you could put the dewy yeah. part here and then you could put the the more, the the powdered blush, right? You could put that here. So that way you still have the color and the transition in the way that you want it. So Ooh. you're able to sculpt your face the way that you want to, but you don't necessarily feel like locked into, because I feel like if I tell you just to put it here on the tops of the cheeks, you're putting it here to make your face, I think, appear a little bit more round, yeah? Yeah. And like, just add like a little bit of color. You like a little bit of color. Like, right. Okay. So I do because I'm so, I can, I can appear like very tired looking a lot. So <laughs> I need a little <laughs> bit of color in the cheeks. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So instead of, instead of skipping the color, you can just use a powdered blush in that area and then use your dewy, dewy blush here. Or okay. you could use a dewy blush and then use a, like a translucent powder over it to mattify it. Okay. Okay. I think a lot of people are afraid of playing around with different textures. Like I think people either go like full dewy or full matte and they don't necessarily like know how to blend the two. Do you have any advice on that and like how to approach a playing with different textures? Because I, I'd actually probably consider myself to fall in that category where it's like I'm either full matte or I'm full dewy and I don't really know how to blend. <laughs> yeah, that's a really great question. I don't even think anybody's ever asked me that question before. Okay, so think about it like this. You want to put liquids down first, liquids, creams, yeah. anything that's like emollient, you want to put all of those down first. And in the areas where you want it to be matte, that's where you go in with your powder, whether it's a loose powder or a pressed powder. So okay. always, so the thing that happens is a lot of times I think the reason why there's a little bit of hesitation in terms of putting the products on top of each other is because if you do powder, then liquid, then it tends to look a little bit, there's a mm -hmm. cakiness or yeah. a texture to the, and you're yeah. like, wait, hold on. I didn't want that. I want it to look like my skin. Yeah. So what you want to do is make sure that you put all the liquids down, get the blending exactly the way that you want to brush, 
or with the sponge and then go over that and you're setting it with the powder. And I think every person should have a translucent powder because sometimes you don't need the color. You just need it to be matte, you know? So Mm -hmm. a translucent loose is a great thing for everyone to have in their bag. Got it. That's a great tip. So I'm not going in with necessarily a matte foundation. I'm just going in with a matte translucent powder just to add that effect. Yes, exactly. Okay, fabulous. I mean, kind of on the same point of having a translucent powder, what are some other tips that you wish everybody had in their makeup arsenal or like you wish that you could just like be like, all right, folks, like these are the three things you got to (laughs) have. Do you have any of those that you like constantly tell people? You know, this one's a new one, but any kind of brow pen, I feel like everyone should have one of those in their bag, like a brow pen or something that like helps give some definition to Mm -hmm. the brows. Because I think we're all, we all have a little area that could add a, that needs a little touch of not just like shadow, but it needs texture. And with a pen, you can really create lines. And what that does to me is when I, whenever a makeup has that, it looks more elevated to me. It looks more finished. So I think a brow, it's it's an interesting one to say, I think, brow pen girl I'm just trying to figure out how to do my brows in general but I think but I think a brow pen really just takes it to the next level I'm like that is just such a good thing another thing is a brow gel like to comb up the brow hair because you know you're you're moving around you're living your life and if you're like me I leave the house and I have like whatever lip product I used maybe the powder that I used but I'm just like I'm easy you know I'm not trying to take a bunch of stuff with me so once those brows are set with a brow gel, you can just kind of live your life and not really, you know, worry about yeah. it, which is great. So I talk to a lot of industry folks. I talk to, you know, a lot of derms, a lot of makeup artists, a lot of hairstylists for this podcast and just, you know, the site in general. And I always love asking about the beauty industry as a whole. And just because, you know, I think that the beauty industry has a lot of power, like, especially with like social media, like clearly like the kids are super into beauty these days. And so I always think it's important to like evaluate what the beauty industry as a whole is like the state of the union basically. So I always like asking people like, you know, like from what you can see, what is the beauty industry getting wrong right now? Like what are, what are sort of the things that like really gets under your skin about the beauty industry that you wish that you could change? Ooh, okay. I have a couple of things. I want to start with product. What I think is really interesting is for a long time, like there were only like red or, red or like pink undertone foundations. And then everybody was like, I'm not red or pink undertone. I have a golden undertone. So then I feel like every single company went and made a golden undertone foundation. And it's like, literally there are other undertones that exist you know like there's neutral there's olive there's there's all these different things from the barest to the deepest skin tone I feel like we just are not really covered in these other areas there are so many foundations that are just way too golden or yellow based and I feel like when you put them on certain skin tones you know that it's not the right color Mm. but I feel like sometimes people think that Every foundation line is for them and not every foundation line you're going to find a color. Like it might be the right, 
Yeah, I teach this actually in 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 my master class, but like there are certain companies that don't really cover all of the undertones, you know? Mm -hmm. And so when you go there, you're like, well, why is this not working? It's like, it's not working because it's not, it doesn't have, you know, the yeah. right undertone. Undertones are so vital in the makeup selection process and particularly with foundation and concealer. Undertones are the reason that if you buy a shade of foundation that is technically your skin tone, but it still for some reason it looks off when compared to your actual flesh, it's probably because that foundation has the wrong undertones. In a very broad sense, we used to categorize undertones as warm and cool, but there are actually a lot of undertones that you can be. You can be rosy and red or golden or olive or coral or gray or neutral or so on. The easiest way to figure out yours is to honestly just ask a professional makeup artist, like go to the Sephora or department store counter and talk to them about undertones. But if you are trying to do it on your own, there are simple tricks that can help guide you in the right direction. We actually have a quiz on our website, so I linked out to it in the show notes to help guide your way. But I do just wanna say that ultimately, figuring out your undertones does take some trial and error as you play around with makeup. So don't get discouraged. And I, and I, I don't even know if I would say like, every company should create 80 shades of foundation. Cause I really feel like that's kind of like what you would need, but it, <laughs> but I feel like I wish there would be more companies that would create a little bit more of a balance in their, yeah. in their system where yeah. you have more, yeah, more undertones. Mm -hmm. Cause I think we're going, we're, we're doing a really good job. I think as a whole, like there are a lot more deeper shades and there are a lot more fairer shades like that. I feel like we're nailing right now, which is really, really mm -hmm. great. I think, you know, I think Fenty Beauty had a lot to do with like popularizing that a lot. Estee Lauder had already, I think, done a really good job before Fenty came out and had like a really extensive range already. A few yeah. other companies had extensive ranges too. But I think that when you saw a company launch from the very beginning, a full and with inclusive range. It, yeah. Yeah. You know, and I mean, we, you know, we know how much money it takes to kind of put together something like that. So that's a it's a very different, I, you know, that investment is wild. Truly. When I, <laughs> when I think about the time and effort that it would have had to take to launch with 40 shades and just like the stability tests and the testing and the like swatches, like it is such like a feat that they did that it is. I'm like, how did they even ever get this out the door? Like that must have been so long. It's literally wild. It's wild. And then to have convinced, you know, the investor, you know, like, like, it's like, it's like from an investment standpoint, even it's like, wow, you, you all are really taking a chance because I think that came out before Rihanna even did. I think she didn't do, did she do the Fenty line, the clothing line before that? I don't think so. I knew I she had done the so. collaboration I think it was with Puma. Oh, uh, yeah. But I, I don't think it that. was the full clothing line. I think it was makeup. Yeah, exactly. So it was like, I think she had done the collaboration with Puma. Then she did Fenty Beauty. Then she did the line, which no longer exists. But I feel like it was just, it's such a, it's such a bet on you moment. And I also, yeah. I mean... <laughs> I want to I just really want to thank Rihanna because she also opened up the door for people like me to um 
be an ambassador and an advocate within other companies, you know, and where they're interested in working with black women to to be the face of a company, which wasn't really happening before. Yeah, it's very yeah. it's a very, very new thing. And so that's exciting. You know, like she changed the landscape of beauty just by creating what she created. So I'm just like forever grateful for that. Yeah. Moment. Yeah. yeah. Do you you know, with the state of the beauty industry working with more diverse makeup artists or model or models, do you find that, you know, that that is like still top of mind for brands? Do you, you know, because I feel like yeah. it is everybody like the past like few years, it was everyone put such a renewed and needed focus on it. And it's just one of those things that you want to make sure that the industry is still moving in the right direction and not, you know, just being like, okay, we did it, you know? Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. So I, I think there's a lot of work that needs to happen, especially in the red carpet space for Mm -hmm. black artists specifically. That's something that I've just noticed, you know, you, you kind of, you know, you don't notice that something is available for you until you see it for the first time. Like you don't know yeah. that something is a, is is a space for you to be in. Like now that Obama has been the first black president, you're like, oh, there can be a black. I never thought about it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I never, yeah. I never really thought. I was like, oh, okay, that can happen. So when you see a few people here and there, when you start to, you say, okay, well, I I'm doing celebrity makeup. I want to do you know red carpets. I would like to do the Grammys. I'd like to do this. And then you look and you say, oh my gosh, there's like less than three of us in there. You go whoa, what's happening, you know? And and you start to think about, you know, what does diversity look like from this ability to be able to just create space for us, you know? And also, I'm also, I, I created an Instagram video about this a little while ago because it was something that I was so passionate. And the amount of artists that commented below this post, I actually posted it on TikTok as well. They were like, wow, you know, only even being considered for jobs as a black artist, only being considered for jobs that are with black talent versus saying, oh, you're an artist. You work with everybody. Your portfolio is diverse. You can work with anybody, but you're not necessarily there's a there's a disconnect in terms of pitching there in terms of like and also even maybe even the desire for the industry, because I think that I, I think about it a lot because I think I don't necessarily think that somebody who is a celebrity who's working in a space where glam is important to them, right? Like it matters. Obviously they want to look good, but it's not their job, right? It's not what they get paid for. They get paid to go to work and, you know, and act and like do the craft and do their art. So when a publicist or a manager comes in and gives them a list of people and says, hey, these are the top people working with the top people, they go pick one. You go, okay, boom. You're not necessarily thinking and maybe that's yeah. deferring some of that, deferring some of that. But I wouldn't, when I even work in my own business and I give something to one of the people that work with me on my team and I say, hey, can you do some research on this? When they find something out, I go, okay, great, it's handled, you know, and then I move on. Yeah. And so I feel yeah. like that's some of what's happening. And since 2020, I'm seeing a little bit more diversity, but I think specifically Black artists are being left out of the conversation. So I would love to see a switch, a change in that specifically. Yeah. So do you think that it's about people just being more mindful of like the 
the makeup leads that they hire and the hair leads that they hire for shows and, you know, X, Y, Z. I'm absolutely. I'm and it's all about it relationships. Yeah. Sure. Go ahead, sorry. Yeah. No, no, no. I was just, I was going to say I'm keeping it in the the Hollywood aspect just because we're talking about celebrity, but I know that it's true for runway and editorial as well. Absolutely. I mean, you know, fashion is tough because I was in it for, you know, a very little bit, but I definitely saw like when you are a lead for a show and you have a connection with a designer, right? Until you decide that that's not the connection that you want to have anymore, you know, there's a lot of loyalty, which is a great thing. That's not a yeah. bad thing, but there are new designers that are popping up all the time. And what we want to do is we want to say, okay, how can we start to include artists that are maybe they've maybe assisted a Dick Page for a really long time or they've assisted a Gucci Westman or they've assisted, you know, a Charlotte Tilbury and they are, you know, a black artist and they have this ability to be able to understand how how it works. How do we bring them in to work on some of these some of these, you know, some of these campaigns, some of these shows, you know, so it is, yeah. it's a, it's a, it's an industry wide thing. I can think of somebody right now, actually, who I think has just recently started to get some opportunities in fashion, Race of Flowers. She actually worked with Rihanna on a, a cover for Essence. She's like, Race is so talented. And she recently also keyed a show as well for fashion, fashion, sure. but I think it was for Men's Fashion Week. I'm trying to remember exactly the show name, but it was, it's you're seeing some change, but it's like you want you just you see a little bit and you're like, ah, oh, it's not just we want we want to have not just one. It doesn't need to just be one person. You know, it's like, sure, there's so much talent and there's so many artists who, you know, they come in and and the show they, they have even the skill set. They have the skill set to be able to mm -hmm. do black hair, to do makeup, you know, and the talent is black and the them as an assistant they're doing all of the work and they don't even get the credit on the on the thing that like that there's another artist that's hired because of their name and then you have this assistant who's literally the talent doing all of the work yeah. and they get paid you know 116 of whatever the day rate was and it's like thank you and then they can't even post about it or say that they were there so there's a lot of stuff happening in you know mm -hmm. a lot of these different worlds but for me, the reason why I focus on celebrity and specifically red carpet is because there's a lot of there's a lot of money in that space for artists. Sure. And and sure. I'm looking to improve the quality of life for artists too, you know? And so yeah. for me, it's always about like where is the where where is there opportunity for people yes. that are already there, that are already talented, and how can they use that to be able to you know, create wealth, create generational wealth, create generational wealth yeah. within the black community, I think is, is that's just my calling. I feel like to really yeah. expand our knowledge about how to grow and how to make more money in the black community, not as a handout, but because we're talented yeah. and we have businesses yeah. and people are interested yeah. in investing that are, you know, it's black owned and designed for everybody is really what I'm trying sure. to say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that answer just speaks back to your entrepreneurial spirit that we chatted about earlier. And, you know, it's 
I'm always like a firm believer that like whatever you feel passionately about, like that's your calling. Like whatever like that makes that fire go inside your chest. It's like that's an indication from the universe, from whatever's out there that like, okay, that's what you were put here to do. So like clearly you have like very much like that entrepreneurial mindset. But speaking on celebrities, I want to ask about your celebrity clients. If you are willing to chat about, I know you work with some pretty incredible people. If you're open to sharing, do you have any, you know, client stories that that kind of like keep in your back pocket as some of like your favorite moments in your career? Let me think. You know what I think is like is one of the 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 best thing. And I was just thinking about this. I'm actually in Arizona for the, for like three months. And I think that one of the things that I always think about when it comes to like working with all of my clients is the fact that even if I'm gone or unavailable for a while, the fact that they're, they are always like, Hey, I miss you. What's up? Let's work on this other, you know, like that, that ability to be able to create these connections, these strong and powerful connections with people where it's like, it's so human focused it's so like real and honest and able to really be you know able just able to really be myself I'm really able to be myself around my clients like I'm not I the way I'm speaking with you is is the way I speak with my friends is the way that I speak with my clients and I feel like I think that if I could maybe give some advice to like younger artists if they're listening is I would say like just kind of take note of how you feel when you're with somebody and how you mm-hmm. feel when you leave, it doesn't matter how much influence a person has or how like famous they are or whatever it is. When you walk into the room and when you leave, like, do you feel good? And if you don't walk away from it, no matter who that person is. And if you do, like, just remember that feeling and also do what you can to keep working with that yeah. person. Like, I feel like when you feel it, they feel it. You know, I always tell people, like, once I've worked with somebody one time, yeah, once I've worked with somebody one time, most likely I'm going to work with them again. You know, like, it's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I I, I love that. You know, I think that like with relationships, I don't know, you know, when you know, you know, and that goes for like, you you know, you know, know, like more like romantic relationships that goes for friendships that goes for like client relationships. Like when you know, you know, absolutely. so, I mean, this kind of speaks on what you just said, but I, I wanted to ask it. And if you have any other advice to share is if you if you could tell your younger self something about life, about makeup, about career, about whatever. Is there anything that you would just like love to hop in a time machine and go back and be like, hey, <laughs> X, Y, Z, like, do you have anything that comes to mind? Yeah, definitely, definitely pay attention to the pay attention to the things that bring you ease. Like if you notice that you're not comfortable, like walk away like that's I'm so, so, so happy that I did that because I I used to work in corporate. And before I when I did leave my job, I was I was doing well, like I was like financially I was doing well. So when I walked away, I was like, I'm not going to leave this to come to something else to like start making decisions that don't speak to what I really want to do and end up in in a different aspect because there's so many ways that you can work in the makeup industry, right? You could do commercial, yeah. you could do, you know, you could do film and TV, you could do fashion, you could do, you know, carpet, you could work in celebrity, you could do, you know, all types of different aspects that you can work in. And you can do all of these different things with one person or you could, you know, or you can specialize in one specific area, which is something that a lot of people were doing. I feel like you're seeing the 
the connection now where you have one artist who does many different things, but it used to be like you were the film and TV person, you were the editorial, you know, person, you were the, you know, you were the campaign, the beauty campaign person. And now you're seeing like kind of a crossover, which is really interesting. I would find like whatever comes easiest to your hand. Like it took me years to realize that I was interested in like the detail work and in the, Mm -hmm. and in the like super clean, you know, makeup where it just made people feel good. I love, I love beauty makeup, you know? And so, you know, I, but there was one point where I bought like special effects stuff and I was like trying to, and I was just like, girl, <laughs> no, <laughs> like I was like, <laughs> you know, so try everything. But like, as soon as you, you know, when you know, just like you said, with relationships, yeah. with business, with everything, it's yeah. like, you know, when you know, so when you feel it and it, and it makes sense in the same way where you're like, you know, don't keep going on that date with that person when you're like, I think I like him. You know, <laughs> like maybe it'll yeah. work out. You know, <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't have to force it. <laughs> you shouldn't have to force it. There'll be ease. There will be ease in it. Yeah. And just and keep yeah. going. You know, like keep going. Surround yourself with people who are very um, that cheer for you, that are excited to be around you, that see in you. Sometimes you're gonna you're gonna be sad and you're not gonna feel like you know, you're a star and you got to be around people who are like, no, 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 like literally just, you are, just keep going, just keep doing it. And, and, and to be that person for other people too, like have that, have that circle is really important. Yeah. Yeah. The last thing, last, last section that I want to chat with you about is yourself and what you use for yourself. So we'll start with makeup, obviously. (laughs) <laughs> and I want to ask, do you have like a daily go-to face? And if so, I'm going to need product recommendations. <laughs> okay. Yes. You know, I have been coming up with a daily, like a daily face situation. Wait, are we, we're starting with makeup and stuff? Yes, please. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. I have been really loving this tinted moisturizer by Ami Cole. It's like a brand new brand that came out and I just I really 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 love it I feel like she kind of has this she did a really good job with the undertones of the tinted moisturizer and I think that it works for a lot of different types of skin tones I really like that a lot so I've been wearing that I've also been wearing this mascara I'm trying to remember exactly the name of it it's the one it is uh there's one that I've just been trying oh okay from Revlon eyes wide open I think it's called it's a brand new one yeah, I really like that one a lot. I think that it just like separates your lashes a lot. Like you can yeah. really, really, really get into your lashes. But I also feel like my lashes have been doing better because I've been taking these vitamins. I know we're not supposed to be talking. <laughs> Maybe we're not supposed to be talking about vitamins, but Actin I mean, Acre. It's all related. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah, Actin Acre. They're like this company. Okay. I think that I believe that oh. they're a clean company. Yeah. Yeah, they're the sh- are they the shampoo people, the scalp people? Yes. 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 Okay. Yes. I yes. know exactly what you're talking about. I I think the owner's name Helen. Something. I can't remember her name, I but know. I Anywhere. but I know exactly what you're I know yeah. yeah. Acton Acre, their vitamins, yeah. their their yeah. hair growth vitamins. Like I feel like my lashes even look better. Like my lip hair is growing cool. back stronger. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> everything. Everything is growing. So I feel like any mascara now is doing its thing. But I, I do like that one mascara for Brooklyn. It's really good. Oh, Bobby Brown has this lip tint that I really like that like, I feel like it's I I just did a, a collection launch with them. And it's called Bare Pink, I think is a color that I feel okay. like can work on everybody. 
and it's just like a little bit of pink, just like a touch, yeah. which is enough yeah. to just give your your lips like in the same way that you like that blush on your cheeks. It's like that for your lips, and then okay. it gives you that cool. moisture and and moisturizer. Uh, trying to think about another good you know which one is coming to mind you know jamie makeup she's she does she's a celebrity makeup artist too she just came out with a line recently and she has these she has these cream blushes that are okay. so love cream good blush. cream blush yeah they're so amazing i'm trying to remember the name that she called them because she loves to use like a combination name yeah. where it's like i'm trying to remember the name of the blush exactly but anyways there are four colors and all four are amazing okay oh the blush lighter or the yeah blind lighter yes 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 okay yeah sorry yes i think you would really i think you would really like those because they are dewy like the the kind that you like and they have pigment but not too much pigment okay there's a there's the pink one and the peach one i think you would like okay um yeah that one's a good one i love seeing artists create brands it's always like such a cool moment when they create something because you're always like you know that it's not just like putting your name on something. It's not going to just go totally. away. It's like it's like it me. It's like a heart centered, heart filled project where it's like, oh, this you is know gonna... it's going to be so much better than like all these <laughs> other <laughs> all these other brands that come out and <laughs> made yeah. by you know, <laughs> know people right? who it's are like, maybe not professionals. <laughs> they're invested. They're invested. Yeah, exactly. Oh, you know who else? Actually, though, I will say in terms of influencer brands i do like patrick star's brand one size is really good actually okay like i was yeah. i remember yeah patrick star can really do makeup very 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 well and i like you know like i've seen him do red carpet makeup before and it's sure. just fantastic so i would say if you were interested in trying that i would boots powder okay cool yeah oh wait one more color corrector i actually have this next to the Exa color corrector. I just did some. Oh, sure. Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. And it plays really well. I think sometimes when we look at, you know, clean beauty products, I love what's happening in clean beauty, by the way. I'm so much newer to it because I think clean beauty just started really expanding into including women of color in deeper shades. But Exa is yeah. a fantastic line. You know, Exa is part of Rito. So it's like the yeah. the colors are great but the texture plays really well with any type of texture okay. you have. So I can use this with any okay. type. I'll have to check that out too. I, I've heard good things. I've never personally tried it, so I'll have to get that into my hands. What do you do for your other beauty routine? Do you have a skincare practice that you stick to every day? Are you obsessed with a certain hair product? You don't have to dive into everything, but I would just love some top line notes. So skin, okay. I like pharmacy. Pharmacy has sure. green, green clean is like, I'm obsessed with green clean. It's like this solid that becomes a, like a liquid when you warm it in your hands. And it, it's this cream cleanser that just, uh, it's so good. It takes off all of that, all of your makeup. I, before I used that, I used to use like a wipe or like I'd have to use a tissue. But with this, I can just use this product. And then when you wash it off, there's no film on your skin, like oil, right? It's yeah. like, it just yeah. turns into that clean, like that super clean feeling. And then I always double cleanse and I use their whipped creams too, which okay. I'm obsessed okay. with. Yeah, I'm trying okay. to figure out how I can do some kind of campaign with them because I'm obsessed with two products. <laughs> I've, been like, I've been like obsessed with them. They've, I've been consistently using those two things to clean my face for the past like 
two years. Yeah. Yeah. I love that when Um, you like find a product and you're like, how do I work with this person? (laughs) Exactly. I'm like, how do I do this? Yeah. yeah, It's like, as soon as they said it to me, I was like, this was really good. So yeah, I really love that. I also really like, well, this isn't a product, but I'm really obsessed with this treatment. It's called a hydrofacial. I have acne, acne prone skin and hydrofacials just have completely changed my skin. If I, the thing I like about it is there's no downtime with it. And it's not, you're not getting extraction. So you don't have to worry about hyperpigmentation. It's it's like everything sure. that's showing up just kind of goes away, which I love. So yeah. I do that like, yeah. once, like six to eight weeks. So Act and Acre, I do love, they have that scalp thing that I've been using the scalp detox. My friend, it's she goes so by good. Curl. It's so good. I, uh, my it's friend really who she goes by Curl Maven on Instagram. I did like a 30 minute consultation with her and I've just, and my hair has just always been, you know, dry. And I was just like, and she's like the curl expert. And a lot of it is from self-exploration on what she's figured out for her own hair. But it's been so helpful because I didn't realize, first of all, she was like washing hair upside down. I was like, oh, okay. Like, because you know how sometimes your hair will get, right? I I wasn't doing it either. I just started. (laughs) And I've already Um, noticed a huge difference because my hair used to be super dry up here. But because now the conditioner goes down this way, I was like, oh, okay. So she has a lot of tips like that. She has like a a free guide where she puts that in there. But uh, yeah, acne here it is. And then final question, do you have any well-being habits that you stick to, whether it's mindfulness or, you know, you love to get up and move your body? And I ask this just because, you know, we we believe that everything is skincare around here. It's all interconnected and on some level. So, you know, do you do you have any must haves that you that you perform every day? If not yeah. every day, at least regularly. <laughs> regularly. Yes. Meditation is huge for me. I oh, just okay. I feel like it's just. In fact, before we met today, I meditated and I also just kind of like just it allows you to be able to really believe that everything is going to work out for you in the day. Yeah. You know, just a moment to be like, I'm alive, I'm breathing, I'm okay, everything's all right. And that it's almost like a moment to like receive a message about what the day is going to be like, you know, like not problem solve what the day is going to be like, but just be like, you know, today I'm going to walk in my purpose and, you know, what's supposed to come to me. So yeah, yeah, meditation yeah. is huge for me. I love that. I mean, incredible tips all around, incredible advice. I I personally feel inspired right now. So I am sure everyone listening feels the same way. I'm just I'm so excited that we got to chat and I got to learn so much from you. So thank you so much for stopping by and having this conversation. I I just I I enjoyed this so so much. Thank you. I did too. Thank you so much for having me. Seriously. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you want more beauty content, you can find it at mindbodygreen.com or any of our social channels. And finally, if you liked this podcast, don't forget to rate and review us. Thanks for tuning in. See you next week.